the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 422. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Nate Saville. Welcome back to the show, Nate. Great to have you here. Hey, it's good to be back here again, as always. Now... 2019, we're into it. Um, now, I should just um, fill listeners in where you fit into this this sort of big, wide world of of things. Of course, you've got a uh, background, sort of writing and, and journalism, but for, well, uh, many years you've been working with, uh, with Metal and you're establishing a new startup from, uh, from right here at, at Gorilla HQ. Yeah, interesting story really, I guess. I guess it's over 10 years now since I um, kind of fell into the space of working with a blacksmith, which was pretty unusual at the time, and working with um, bronze sculptors and at a foundry here in Auckland's kind of led me to see uh, untapped market in sculpture maintenance and restoration, and with the help of... Uh, people here at Gorilla Headquarters were being able to um, get something rolling along that is pretty much a totally new endeavour in, in terms of, of the art scene, I guess, uh, in Auckland. And it's really exciting to see how technology kind of fits with that because you're talking about a very manual thing, uh, quite cerebral at times, not generally considered to have a lot of crossover with technology, but I think the exciting thing is to see how much we can get done together, how much, um, you know, something like restoring a sculpture can play off uh, t- technological, um, you know, advancement, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, look, we'll, we'll probably, um, you know, have another show where we, do, you know, drive in, dive into sort of some of those sort of technology pieces. But, uh, you know, it's certainly, you know, fun for uh, for the team here at Gorilla to be able to be involved in, uh, you know, getting a new business off the ground and really being able to apply uh, te- technology to uh, to make that as, as successful as possible. And, yeah, I guess the, the reality is today the threads of technology kind of run through just about everything. And, and even when we look at sort of of, you know, they're, they're big, old, established uh, businesses, every sort of direction you look, and all of them are, are calling themselves, you know, either a tech company or there's some, you know, there's some angle on technology and data and uh, and, and so on that, uh, that that applies. You know, it's pretty much, you know, right across the board. If you're not getting the, the technology piece uh, right with uh, with your business, then you're, you're probably missing out. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because you could say it's Bronze Age technology meets 21st century technology yeah. because these, you know, these skills that I'm bringing, you know, into into Gorilla are uh, thousands of years old in a lot of cases. You know, a lot of even even the the products I'm using may be repackaged in a new way, but you know, they were discovered thousands of years ago and haven't really changed much. But again, you know, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to streamlining the processes, when it basically building efficiency around a business that's where the technology of today I guess is is really really helpful and you know we've all been through the situation where we go into a business we go in and see a mechanic or something and there's just piles of paper everywhere and they have no <laughs> idea what's going on <laughs> and the, you know the appointments and and everything you know they can't find your file and you know there's a lot of frustration a lot of time lost and um, you know that's a really important thing time time is money and time is kind of everything these days so yeah i think it's a really important collaboration 
Oh, it's great. Well, um, great to have you here. Well, let, let's uh, let's jump in now. Uh, lime scooters are, uh, are something we've sort of been hearing, well, maybe too too much about, but anyway, they're uh, uh, they're here and uh, their 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 HQ is uh, is not 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 too far uh, from here. But uh, we've seen in the uh, the media that uh, they're also going to uh, going to try and change the the face of uh, how we access vehicles in the city so starting in Auckland city we like to see the, we like to see these new lime pods uh, which are Fiat 500 cars uh, you know, basically geared up to be able to put two uh, two people in them, and you'll be able to rent them uh, by the hour, uh, by the minute, just like you can with a lime uh, scooter. Uh, I think if we sort of you know compare or look at the US type uh, pricing, you potentially be able to rent uh, one of these uh, Fiat's, uh, flat, you know, flat fee, including you know petrol, insurance, and everything else, for about two dollars fifty uh, as a base charge, and then you know maybe it's a, a, a dollar or uh, uh, or so. A minute thereafter, which is, is um, you know, a very uh, curious thing because we don't have a lot of sort of spare parking generally around the, the you know, the, the our cities, uh, and you know, a, a lime pot, a car is very different from a scooter. It's obviously a, a much more expensive item to buy, but you're not talking about prices being, you know, dramatically more. Uh, and of course, there were the mo- there's the mopeds that are sort of launched in, in New Zealand. We talked about uh, last year as well. Um, but you know, I think this is just the wave of change that we're seeing as the the future of of um, you know transport is sort of being invented in in, in many ways, sort of in front of our eyes. Now, um, the lime renting out uh, cars would is not entirely new because there have, there have been all sorts of things. Obviously, we've talked about. Um, Peer to peer car, you know, car, car sharing, uh, you know, last week, and uh, there, you know, there have been varying firms doing these types of uh, types of things. But just with the oomph that Lime have got in the market, I can imagine they they move into this, and you know, especially bright lime coloured uh, Fiat five hundreds around the place. Um, it's certainly going to going to pick up some some attention, uh, but you know, I'm I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Uh, just you know, just just how much of a hit these will be. I mean, we don't like sharing cars in New Zealand. <laughs> it's kind you, of you know, it's kind of an inter- It's an interesting one, and it would have to be you know, how far would you walk to get to a car? I mean, people jump on a lime scooter because it just happens to be nearby, or you know, they're walking walking past it. You know, I guess you fire up the app and 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 see see what's around. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, as you say, there've been these other you know, city hop comes to mind, and I don't know that they have been I don't know many people who have have used cars like that and and really what Lime's got going for it you know it's got this convenience thing but it's got this kind of fun thing attached to it um how does that apply to a car you know you're just going to see people going yeah let's jump in this thing and go for a burn around I think there'll town. be people sort of like cl- clambering on the roof and there could be well, all sorts you know are we can we, do we expect to see lots of accidents like we yeah. have with the scooters well, i mean that comes to mind but i think if this works it'll work because they've set a precedent with these other things you know i've had these other companies come in no one knows who they are people don't get the mm. sharing culture yet really mm. in New mm. Zealand um, 
And I mean, I think it'll be great. It'd be great for congestion downtown if people were able to go out to business meetings or to other sites and know that they can get a car. You know, no, you know, you may see companies not not really investing in big fleets anymore if there's something like this in the future. And you're starting to see when it comes to co-housing, you know, there are people talking about building apartment buildings with less than the amount of parks. That's right. Than what yeah. people think, of, you know, have the, typically uh, been, or traditionally been available. Not every apartment has a car park. No. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even some, I think, we've seen in Auckland with, with no car parks. And the, the other aspect of this is that the Fiat 500 is, um, I don't think they're talking EV at all here, but the Fiat 500 is something certainly from that environmental uh, perspective, right? It takes up a bit less space in mm. car parks, less space uh, you know on the on the road. Not that that makes uh, makes that that much difference, uh, but you know certainly it's going to use a lot a, a lot less uh, you know fuel than uh, you know most vehicles that are on the road and so on. So there are some some interesting aspects uh, to to that particular uh, vehicle. And I'm not sure if this if this is sort of the the full end game for them either, though. Uh, but if they can get started quite quickly and uh, and and figure out that there is a place in the market for uh, for these things, and uh, yeah, I guess part of it is giving people choice, right? You know, mm. a scooter's a scooter's great when the sun is shining and it's right outside your door and it's convenient. Uh, when the weather's a little bit worse, then. Uh, certainly around Auckland City, then you know, the Ubers are, are very, very busy. Um, I, I mean, I can imagine if you, the, the, let's say their model works to a degree with these Fiat 500s, um, yeah, there'll be a point in time uh, where we end up with sort of autonomous, you know, cars and bits and pieces in the mix. Uh, you know, maybe they've sort of, uh, you know, created a little opportunity uh, for them for themselves there as well. When, when, once that happens, but the fact that they're launching now, they must feel there's uh, there's a legitimate market and it's going to uh, catch on. Uh, but yeah, certainly requires a lot more from a um, a capital perspective when you're buying cars rather than mm. a, a you know. Five hundred odd dollar scooter. Uh, now, I wanted to give a quick update. Last week, we sp- um, I spoke about um, Freeview's little um, stick that goes into the uh, into the TV, and look, cool little gadget. But um, I noticed I uh, went to use it this week, and there was a, a firmware update, and possibly that update's been a- available for some time. But I I saw it. Um, I just saw it on the screen saying there's this update. Now, it did give me a particular warning, and. That sort of blew my mind, actually, in terms of for a, a modern piece of technology, uh, how poor it was. Basically, you know, this thing had all been set up and had been configured um, on my wife's uh, account, and you know, varying bits and pieces that have been that have been set up on it. Uh, and it said, "Look, there's there's an update, you know, new up Android update, whatever." Um, but in installing it, it was going to wipe everything. Uh, which I thought was just kind of kind of unusual in this day and age to uh, to lose everything. So just thought I'd uh, I'd mention that because certainly got a uh, an inconvenience factor uh, you know associated with it when 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 that was the case. And so I went through and sort of got to do the update, and then you know I realised uh, 
you know, do I set it up under my account? Oh, I was originally set up on my wife's account, so it just sort of sat there for, you know, about a day and, and, until um, uh, we decided what to uh, what to do with it. So, just a little little heads up on that. But overall, that's um, that's a cool little gadget for about one hundred and forty dollars. Uh, Google been hit with a fine, fifty million euros for um, a violation of uh, the GDPR, which is the the, the privacy regulations. Uh, that were put into play in uh, in the European Union in May last year. Now, any sort of uh, you know fine for these things, you know, we knew those things were coming, and this certainly isn't the uh, the first one from from what I read. But um, you know, th- these new privacy regulations really put it you know put quite a load on uh, on businesses. But of course, someone the size of uh, uh, Google, if they're getting they're getting hit, and I think this is in um, uh, maybe in in France where this is uh, where this has happened, um, you know, as a as a sign that uh, these regulations maybe are a little bit of a uh, a challenge to uh, comply with. Now, the the other bit that I found interesting uh, around this is that. The actual maximum fine that Europe, the European Union can put in place uh, apparently is four percent of um, an entity's annual global uh, turnover for the most serious offences. So, fifty million uh, euros in this case is a small fraction. If the, you know, if they were if they were really heavily slapped, uh, you know, because they they their uh, their turnover over a hundred you know billion. Uh, U.S. dollars a, a year, so um, you can imagine if they got hit with four percent of uh, of that, it'd be you know north of uh, six billion uh, New, Z- New Zealand dollars, which is kind of hard to get your uh, your head around. So no, no doubt they're um, uh, you know the, the European Union will. Um, um, just be wanting to send a message with uh, with the, these fines, and also let the big uh, the big players like Google know that um, that they're not uh, exempt from uh, um, having to comply, even if it is uh, you know somewhat challenging for them to do so. And I guess they've just got really good lawyers. <laughs> to be a little bit cynical there, but um, you know it does seem like a very small fine, and I guess we don't really have an idea of exactly what's been going on yeah i mean i haven't haven't delved into all the 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 uh the ins and outs of um you know of of that one and and and, you know what needs to change from a google perspective um also on um sort of you know comparatively big chunks of Mm. money um dji who of course sort of the the world leader in drones they own you know a very large percentage of the the market um yeah, it came out um, some, a few days ago that um, some of some of their employees were um, somehow sort of artificially inflating the costs of varying parts and and materials. And I'm not quite sure how that sort of worked through their you know what the supply chain uh, looked like. But they found out basically uh, around the, this fraud that was going on, and it cost them to the tune of. Um, over two hundred million New Zealand New Zealand uh, dollars. So, um, yeah, this is um, this is a huge figure to to lose through sort of employee fraud, and um, it does make you sort of scratch your head around around the way you know, that 
the businesses being run for for this to happen and um yeah just i you know i i guess the 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 mindset of um you know of the people it just it leaves me scratch my head is there a is there some sort of a cultural issue here uh you know is it is it just just plain greed and, and but you know i would think to do something like this and they did talk about, you know about you know, quite a quite a large number of people being involved um, but you, know, you would imagine it'd be pretty hard to hide uh, this sort of thing, and there would have to be others sort of looped in. And um, you know, if, if you're doing something like that, yeah, you've got to you know convince other people to either jump on board and and be party to it, or you've got to hide it from uh, uh, from people. But uh, yeah, I think uh, 150 million US uh, was the figure that was mentioned, which is is just mind blowing. Mm. Uh, that that said. DJ are a big enough firm that um, um, you know it won't cause them to actually go and go into the red yeah. apparently, but uh, that's how much they've lost on on this fraud. I mean, having spent a lot of time in Asia, there's definitely a kickback culture, if you want to mm. call it that, across mm. you know many levels. And I'm wondering if it's starting to get to the point where China, you know, China and its bid to raise its bar to sort of measure up against the practices, um, you know, of of um, developed countries are now starting to say, "Well, we can't have these, the sort of the the companies that are the crown jewels of different industries engaging in this kind of behaviour anymore." Right. You know, so, so it's more just that it's starting to get caught and starting to get uh, well, noticed. I mean, because there's certainly a government yeah. aspect of it as well as yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, I don't know what the uh, actually. I think they're a listed company. Um, so they'd be on the stock exchange. So there'd be, you know, certainly pressures uh, there too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that there's not a lot of people even outside. You know, that the mm. other suppliers, yeah. you know, the other um, third parties that they're involved in, you know, would have an idea that this is going on. And you know, there's a good chance that this is sort of, in a lot of cases, business as usual. But then when you get to a certain level. And a certain size, well, you know, that's not going to cut it anymore. Mm, and, mm. Um, you know, in a way, this could be a kind of a harsh, you know, sort of wrap across the knuckles saying, hey, you guys, we let you have a bit of a free run, but you're up here now and uh, you've got to really pull your pull your socks up and, and you know, there's a lot of people looking at you and we can't have this going on anymore. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess the sort of that kickback type culture is certainly uh, – yeah, something that is is usually sort of you know poor economies associated with you know you 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 have corrupt police because they maybe don't get even get paid enough to live on and so on and so you know when when you when you've got it within within law enforcement it's you know pretty hard not to uh, uh, imagine it being in all in, in all sorts of um, other other areas. Uh, but it, it's 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 not a good thing, and uh, you know, it's in, in some ways, it's you know, it's pleasing that this has come out because it uh, uh, you know it, it sends a message that pe- you know people will um, you know be um, dealt with accordingly, both you know for the business firing them and and also uh, that authorities have been involved. Um, something I got today uh, came through from Epsom is that they've launched a new range of their. Um, uh, their sort of um, low-cost um, printing 
well, printers that are a much lower cost to run than than kind of we we're used to with our typical uh, ink gents. They call them the um, eco uh, eco tank, and they've got a range that runs for about three hundred and eighty up to about thirteen hundred dollars. Uh, but sort of the claim to fame on these is you buy them and you should be able to get about two years uh, out of the printer before you need to reload the ink. And obviously, I mean that that that's. Uh, I, I never like it when people use sort of um, you know a, a, a technique like that. I mean, it's a little bit like saying, "Look, you know, you'll get." Um, I mean, how do you how do you base that? Because some people might print one page a week, some people might print five hundred pages a week. So that that's a, a little bit odd to me. Um, but I guess they've based it on some sort of average average usage um although i don't remember seeing next to the two years you know based on 500 pages a month or 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 any other uh uh, such figure probably if you dive in deep enough there is something there uh but what they are saying um is that when you do run out of ink instead of you know often these sort of high capacity uh well well any ink is expensive uh, they're talking about eighteen dollars per, uh, you know, for each of their colour tanks, and then there's three, you know, be three colours plus a plus a black, uh, is what it actually costs to to refill after um, uh, after that runs out, which um, seems seems pretty reasonable. So um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll probably give one of these a, a, a go if they uh, if they send one across, um, and. Um, and 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 try it out, but you know, I wouldn't imagine this would be of much interest to somebody who just does a little bit of printing, um, because yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't get so much uh, ad- advantage, and you know, of course, you've got quite different pricing models, right? I'm sure you've probably seen some uh, cheap printers uh, as you're wandering around department stores yes, and the yes. and the like from time to time. Yeah, the old uh, thirty dollar printer sale, you know, print till you run out of ink and then buy another one. Yeah, uh, not not so good for the environment no, or anything else, is it? So not very good. And I wonder if this is their way of kind of trying to curb that kind of mentality. You know, if we sell a more expensive printer, well. You know they're finding a way to claw back some of that profit that they've probably lost. Mm. You know that that industry of of making um, on the devices, yeah, rather exactly. than the ink. So it's yeah. sort of a, it's, a, it's flipping sort of it, it around, it around, yep. yeah, yeah. Because they, up front. because they were probably finding that that is exactly what was happening. No one wanted to pay mm. for ink at the end of the day, mm. and and you had these other you know cartridge refilling outfits all over the place and. Yep. And that sort of thing. So it's probably a way of getting around that and trying to yeah. get some custom, build some loyalty or yeah. something like that. Yep, yep. Um, now, Ring, um, who who do the video doorbells, I've you know, talked about many times, and that they've certainly been very uh, helpful with sending across their their um, latest latest gadgets. And I mean, I've I've found them very useful. I use them at the uh, property that that's um, that I've been uh, running Airbnb with. Uh, for just external, so we you know we can see when someone comes onto the property, and uh, you know as people uh, are, are at the front door, um, incredibly helpful in that situation. Uh, also, the the house we uh, we we live at, um, and and at the uh, the gorilla um, office, uh, 
Um, really, you know, really handy having a having a doorbell uh, that is internet connected and that captures uh, footage. And you know, there's all those situations of the courier saying they didn't turn up and uh, so on. And yeah, lot, lots of good use cases. Um, now they've started broadening out their brand in the US. They actually have a full uh, wireless alarm system for in in home uh, use that is also inter- internet connected, and that ties back to all your cameras and. Um, and so on, you know, varying uh, mechanisms for picking up uh, whether someone's, you know, potentially entered your home. That's not here in New Zealand yet, although what I'm hearing is that it, it potentially will, or there's a reasonably good chance it will launch this year, but, uh, not, you know, nothing uh, confirmed yet. Um, but what they have uh, confirmed for the New Zealand uh, market is their um, indoor, what they call indoor uh, outdoor cameras, which you know, I guess there's a, there's a few players in the sort of security uh, camera uh, space now, and yeah, we've got uh, we've got a num- number of uh, a number of brands that have been uh, really focused on you know, battery based uh, security cameras that are um, you know very low power, so you know sec- batteries that can last um, for um, you know, up to, up to a year that 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 sort of um, that sort of thing. Um, so, and and uh, when yeah, when we when we when we look at this uh, the space, that's certainly an area that Ring have uh, they they had a bit of a go with um, you know just a pure outdoor camera uh, in the past, and there do seem to be lots lots of players. Uh, in the space, um, but Ring have added in a new uh, new camera uh, into their offering that sort of fits into the space as well uh, and integrates. They've got one which is uh, wired and one which is battery. I kind of like that they've got uh, both options because the batteries, uh, depending on where you place these things, may not last anywhere near the kind of the the recommended um, you know life lifespan if it's somewhere where there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of movement or you got something that uh, that that triggers it um, so it's nice being able to have it have it wired and of course they also do their spotlight cams so that's the that's the one we have our rental property which sort of um, um, you know catches really anyone coming coming uh, down down the driveway uh, onto the property and because that's as you've got a bright spotlight uh, and so on it's great that it's you know that's permanently wired and um, I but, like the fact but, but that more effort to get it wired yeah in. I was just thinking about a friend of mine who who f- kind of felt like they had some unwanted visitors coming into their house and I don't right. really think anything was missing. But uh, they got one of these cameras and, you know, the fact they could just go out and buy it that evening, essentially, stuck it up. Next day, gets a, you know, gets an alert on the phone, turns it on, looks at the video, and there's the neighbour, you know, having a go at getting the window open. Wow. You know, and I think someone that you'd sort of naturally trust, they'd probably say yeah. hello to each yeah. day. And, yeah. yeah, you know, traditional, you know, straight away it's email that to the police or whoever, mm, you know, take it mm. down, show them the video. Easy, you know, relatively easy solution yeah. to the problem rather than the traditional methods of, oh, that's good. you know, I don't know, fingerprinting, does that really work? All yeah. that stuff that we're led to believe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and of course there, yeah, there are cases where police ignore video, but yeah, it depends on the situation. If it's you know, you recognise who it is, that 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 makes a huge deal of difference. Now, um, so that's that's um, yeah, pretty interesting. Oh, they've also got one which is solar powered, so it's sort of that in between. Like, oh, it's a bit hard to get power there, um, but I don't want to have to be you know un- unplugging and recharging the battery. Uh, so they've got yeah a little one with uh, with a with a solar uh, solar option which I yeah I thought was uh, uh, kind kind of cool. Mm. So about three hundred and seventy is the retail price on their um, what they call the stick up cam, the wired or the battery ones, and four fifty five for their solar one, uh, which has a battery in it of course, and uh, that gets kept uh, you know charged uh, through the. Uh, uh, the little, uh, the little, little panel, which is is quite cool, and of course, you know, the motion detection. They've got a little siren, so you can kind of, you know, potentially scare people off a little bit. Uh, there's a two-way talk thing, which which I've sometimes used on our cameras. Um, in fact, when I was away in um, in Las Vegas for CES, and yeah, you know, I left on the alert, so an alert comes up, and I don't know where I was, but it was like ah. There's, uh, um, you know, Selena and Pablo, and I just, you know, fired it up and had a, you know, you can have a quick chat with them. Um, just, yeah, you know, I guess cool. that sort of, um, uh, you know, just just happens. They're, they're, they're you know, just just hanging hanging around, um, and uh, yeah. But I'm not so sure on the ins on the the idea of inside cameras, and that certainly. Um, you know, there there have I guess there have been security issues and so on over the years uh, that that makes us probably a, a, a little a little less keen on them. Uh, of course, you know, totally not relevant. Something like a uh, Airbnb or you know something that that uh, that doesn't work. But in your own home, you know, that's certainly open debate. Different people have different uh, discussions. But there was. Um, uh, an article which missed it when it first came out about uh, uh, ring cameras apparently having very lax um, security and a whole bunch of footage uh, being shared uh, via uh, uh, an Amazon AWS uh, re- repository that sort of wasn't locked down um, and so I pinged uh, I pinged ring about this and said you know what's going on uh, basically what they said the recordings that uh, uh, that that were were um, stored in this manner were ones that people had actually made publicly available uh, through Ring has this uh, community or na- neighbours uh, type app where you can sort of share you know share share footage around your neighbourhood and so on. Um, but yeah, I think that's something you know people do need to be uh, you know cognizant too. Is well, what's going to happen, and and do you have this camera? Uh, near somewhere where it might record, uh, you know, conversations that would, uh, you know, be confidential from a business perspective, personal perspective, uh, or, or or what have you. Ringgate, <laughs> yeah. no more. Is it the Watergate tapes? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's now Ring picking up all those politicians' conversations. Is there chatting via some of the front door or something? But yeah. yeah, I mean these. But these cameras are, you know, this these latest sort of stick up cams. They're saying, hey, look, you can you can use them inside if you want, um, or or outside. But uh, hmm. yeah, I think if you're going to put cameras inside, you've got to think that through. Um, yeah, a bit more a bit more seriously, and and. 
um, yeah, where where would you put them in inside that uh, that are most suitable, and what and what's the point of that, yeah, right? What's, what's the purpose? Um, I think, so you know, the, 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 certainly you know, as we move into these things, as sort of you know, like Amazon have done, where someone can you know basically with their their key system, where a courier can get in through your front door and deliver a package, then the idea of having a you know a camera that sees. Uh, someone come in and drop that package off. You know, I can see how that makes sense from a security of that perspective. Uh, but you know, c- can you turn it off when you're at home? Uh, can you have not have it capture the audio? Uh, th- those are you know the sorts of things that I think we need to we need to think about. And and maybe uh, yeah, more of these things should actually have the audio uh, disabled. And certainly, you, you come across people sort of you know. Jamming things and cameras so that the, um, the they don't catch uh, audio, whether it's on the device or uh, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, the other thing on the um, sort of security front that uh, that I that I came across was um, a a story about um, using a fake wax hand uh, to full a vein a vein authentication security so you know as we've moved to sort of you know biometric uh, uh, type um, authentication systems you know you log in with by you know being in, being in front of a, a 3d camera that uh, you know is a is, is a good step on from those very first sort of facial recognition things where you could hold up a you know photo of someone and go oh yeah that looks like looks like you <laughs> even though it's on a flat uh, flat flat piece of paper um, and you know one of the mechanisms that they came up with was this idea of um, uh, you know scanning scanning people's veins and uh, and 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 so on um, but uh, yeah apparently um, the idea of a um, uh, a fake wax hand um, is is able to uh, is able to fool those uh, those systems as well. So um, yeah, kind kind of interesting where we come up with some some new uh, uh, you know mechanism from a security perspective. There uh, there's, there seems to be somebody uh, you know researching and trying to uh, uh, trying to find a way around it. Did you did you read about how they actually got to that point? The re- the research that they did and so on. Well, they this I think is pretty amazing about this. Not only that they faked it, but they were able to get the vein pattern from an SLR from SLR a photo. photo. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is interesting. And yeah, obviously, that, that's know, how much sort boggles. of information that sort of yeah, yeah. comes come, come through and, in, a, in a photograph. I mean that to me is just amazing that you know and and weirdly strangely obvious or maybe not obvious mm, maybe mm, that's why mm, mm. it's just not part of that equation so I mean you know how easy is it to get a photo of someone's eyes mm. and and do something similar yeah who knows yeah, maybe yeah. uh you know, these well, are not yeah, fail-safe every, every, methods, obviously. No, and that's that's why you have to, you know, these days we we, we know, uh, you know, multi-factor authentication is is the key. But uh, they're even, you know, they've been coming up with 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 different ways to uh, to trick people. You know, login screens that will, you know, generate, you know, that looks like a legitimate page, and on that page it's asking for your you know your your second uh, factor of authentication, and meanwhile somewhere it's going off and uh, uh, you know triggering for that. So well, um, at least you won't have to cut off your kidnap victim's hand in the future. 
you know, and take it down to the bank vault. You just, <laughs> you just need to make a wax version. So that's a lot nicer for everyone. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good. That's good. We uh, we 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 like to, uh, um, yeah, know that uh, these authentication systems don't don't encourage maiming people. <laughs> um, now, a couple of things on the um, on the smartphone front. The uh, the Nokia uh, seven point one giveaway we were doing before Christmas. Um, the winner of that, Doug Jones. So, uh, Doug, if you're listening, uh, you should also have an email in your inbox by now. Uh, let us know where in the country you are, uh, and uh, and we will get that uh, get that couriered out to you. Now, also on the uh, the smartphone front, um, look, this uh, this doesn't seem to stop. There's just new uh, phones coming out all the time, and last week it arrived just a little bit late to go on the show. Um, was the Oppo AX7. Now, they um, had emailed me about this while I was uh, in Vegas at, uh, at, at CES. And um, look, Oppo have sort of gone from, from that brand uh, who we were sort of, you know, vaguely a, a, aware of to one that, uh, uh, you know, is working pretty hard to win, uh, win market share in New Zealand. And, yeah, they're launching uh, launching continuing to launch what are you know nice looking devices um the ax7 is one of those mid-range handsets so you know 399 uh dollars it's uh you know it's pretty typical of these sort of uh mid uh you know that sort of 500 dollar odd uh type uh price point uh, you've got uh, dual dual cameras on the rear, um, one on the front, four gigs of RAM, sixty four gigs worth of storage. Um, uh, that that that's in- included. Android eight point one. That that's probably the the letdown for me. You know, you don't have the uh, latest version of Android on it. Uh, it does have a fingerprint reader uh, on the back, although in this I haven't uh, haven't played around and. Um, and and um, you know set that up on this. I think we've got used to the fact that the the fingerprint readers now are pretty good, unless they're embedded in the screen on the front, which is still you know still part way there. Nate, you've been using um, an Oppo for a, for a, uh, for a little little while, um, trying one out um, for us. How how's your experience been on uh, on that one? Yeah, really good. I mean, no real complaints, and I like that uh, fingerprint access thing i'd hate to think there's someone out there with a wax hand though that could uh unlock my phone i don't know if we take a digital slr uh, or a high resolution photo of your finger uh, we might be able to steal your uh, steal your your, your well, fingerprint. That's definitely becoming a concern to me as I sit here. Um, thankfully, we've still got the old uh, number digit digital code thing there. Yeah, maybe turn off your fingerprint. Real. I mean, there definitely are people who you know uh, are you know completely unkeen about you know any any sort of uh, biometrics. But then I see other people who. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, they do like a, a swipe pattern to unlock their phone, uh, which becomes you know, often is very very easy to see and uh, emulate. Or um, or yeah, they'll they'll uh, key in their pin number, uh, you know, in in front of you, and it's uh, it can be, you know, if it's a, sh- a short number, probably pretty easy for somebody to uh, to pick up or for it to get you know caught on video or something. Um, so there's there's not quite perfection on a lot of these systems, are there? No, but what's really interesting too is this race to beat them, right? And that, you know, we all think, oh, you know, it's criminals out there. But no, 
You know, it's uh, bored scientists, you know, at a university somewhere going, oh, how can we beat this this system? No one is safe. You know, don't worry about, you know, the darker element society. Worry about those guys in, in the ivory towers. Because <laughs> I, I don't mean to be facetious, but I find that really interesting that we've it's constantly just this cat and mouse game, mm. isn't it? Mm. You know, we try and make it more sophisticated. Someone finds a way to beat it. We're back at the drawing board. And, um, you know, sometimes old-fashioned is, is best, I guess. But a pen and, pa- pen and paper. We'll flag the phones. We'll, uh, we'll send smoke signals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yep. But um, we'll need an app to read them. Now, what was what was your take on this Oppo AX7? Um, just just in terms of the the build, it's sort of got this interesting. You know, we've we've had interesting sort of colourings on the back of um, phones, you know, r- recently. But this has got quite quite interesting sort of um, yeah vert- vertical pattern on it. I mean, it, it makes it look like a pretty premium device, which mm. you know, four hundred dollars. It's actually you know, it's, it's not uh, not that expensive. Yeah, no, it looks really, really sharp. Um, I sort of thought that it might be textured mm. from the look of it. Because yeah, that's how clear, I guess, yeah. that image is. And there was a little bit of me when I when I picked it up and felt it that kind of wanted to find these, you know, the grooves of these vertical lines that's yep. there. But, I mean, yeah, it is a it is smart, smart, lightweight it looks sort of oh. metal, but that's is that a? Um, well, I was just trying to think. Is it? <laughs> we'll put you to the test is it here. Plastic? I think there's at least a plastic coating on there. Yeah, but I'm yep. not sure. You know, I'd love to say that it was um, a metal metal under there, but but it looks good. I haven't I haven't it's actually lo- looked up what the what what it's what it's built of, but it, yeah, it certainly it does look like a. Um, you know, a, a steel case that's been machined in some way for the um, the patents and so on. But here we go, another sort of phone at that uh, that price point. The probably the letdown um, that that I still see with you know a, a pretty big chunk of the phones coming into the market is just that they're not getting you know the sort of very fast security updates. Um, you know, I would I would love it uh, if we could see that uh, that happen. Uh, you know, particularly with the with the Chinese phones, that tend to be a bit slower uh, than than um, than than some of the others. Of course, you know, Nokia, uh, you know, sit there at the at the forefront alongside um, you know Google's own uh, Pixel phones. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's it's certainly a, a consideration from a from a security standpoint. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you, Nate, for uh, for com- coming on. Good to uh, to catch up and um, and chat through oh, the, very the welcome. tech news of the week. Um, now, if if people are kind of interested in uh, in object care and finding out a a little bit more, there's a there's a bit going on on uh, Instagram or um, or on the website. Um, Yes, you can find us at objectcare.com. And, and how do we spell object care, Nate? Ah, uh, yes. It's a, a very subtle difference. O-B-J-E-K-T. Bit of, uh, bit of German in there, is it? Yeah, yeah. Just, nice. you know, looking for a slight variation there to put us out in front of the mm-hmm. competition. That's right. If we speak another language, that's, a good, that's always a good way to do it. <laughs> no, it looks, it, looks, it looks cool. Nice brand. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening in, and we will catch you again uh, next week in, uh, in, in some form. 
Um, I next week I will be in uh, in a slightly warmer part of the uh, the world. Uh, that's uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, nothing 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 too dramatic to be uh, to be to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's us, and uh, look forward to catching up with everyone again uh, uh, and chatting next week. All right, see ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.